We're live from Aspen. Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. And today, we are diving into Crescent City by Sarah J. Mass in anticipation of House of Flame and Shadow, aka Crescent City 3, which is coming out on January 30th. I feel like it was just yesterday when SJM announced the release date. And it felt so long off, but I can't believe we're here now, just days away. Yeah, me and I also think that Crescent City is a highly underrated SJM read, um, but we're going to talk about in our rant section why the Crescent City slander should end now. Um, this is a Crescent City safe zone, so please feel free to fangirl all you want, because me and I fully support. So let's get into it. <laughs> Kicking off with some of our just general hot takes about the book, um, I think a, like a common misconception of this book is that the world building is really confusing and that kind of deters people from reading it. It is like a Zootopia. If you've ever seen the movie on Disney, Zootopia, like it's just all these different like people and beings. And species and, species and mystical creatures. Living in one city. And so it's a lot different than like SJM's typical other books so I think that's why there's a lot of like you know world building and it is kind of confusing but I don't think it was difficult um I actually thought that if anyone has read like Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros I thought in that second book where she starts really building out the like world and the fandom I was a lot more confused than I ever was reading Crescent City so I think that's like part of the reason why Crescent City slander I don't really get it because I didn't think it was difficult I actually really liked the way Sarah J Mass like world builded the Crescent City world. Yeah, 100%. I think for me too, I don't know if it was just like the frenzy of going through all of the Massiverse so quickly, like when mm -hmm. I read Akatar and then Throne of Glass and I just jumped into Crescent City, but I really didn't find it difficult. Like I just kind of ran through it. Like I just read it. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know. Like maybe it's just sometimes like you're reading a fantasy book and like you're hearing all these things and seeing these things. I'm like, okay, yeah, houses and shifters and the wolves and then the packs and then the neighborhoods and whatever, whatever. But like- yeah. I just read it. Like, I don't know if that was just me being so excited about the book. But then even on my rereads, I was like, I don't think that this was, like, so mm -hmm. crazy. But I do understand that it's so different from her other books. And honestly, like, a lot of other fantasy books out there, like, with the modern setting and the technology. Yes, the modern that's totally setting. Different. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into this more. But, like, the modern setting is, I think, what really dif differentiates it and makes me really like it. But, like, t speaking of all the different species, like, we have fae, like we typically do in SJM books. We have angels, vampires, wolves, people, and many more. So I do love how it's, like, not just kind of, like, a fae-focused book. It has so many different, like, fantasy aspects, because I sometimes read vampire romance, romantic Like, I read, you know, angels, but this combines them all, which I really like, because, like, as a fantasy girly, it's, like, everything I want in one. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And so obviously kicking off with House of Earth and Blood, we meet our main character, Bryce Quinlan. Bryce is the most relatable female main character in the Ashram universe. I yeah. love her. She's a powerful princess, but like she also has these like very humanized flaws. She isn't perfect, but like she tries her best and she makes mistakes and she struggles and you see that. Um, we love the curvier girl representation. I think just like generally in fantasy books, that's like underappreciated. Like she just is a relatable human girl. And so we just love her. I love her as a female main character. I obviously we love all of SJM's female main characters for many different reasons. Reasons, but I really connected with Bryce right off the bat. Yeah, um, I agree. And so I think one thing that's obviously important is the pack of devils death jump scare in chapter five. Mm -hmm. I think we got to talk about that because we are introduced to Bryce and Danica and Danica's her best friend and she comes to visit her in chapter one at the archives in the gallery, the Griffin Antiquities. And then we realize they're living together and they're having wolf night and Bryce is going out on her date. And like, it just seems like obviously this is going to be the cast of characters for the rest of the book. Like yeah. she already starts characterizing Bryce and Ethan, um, or Bryce and Connor. Connor's relationship, um, Bryce and Ethan's relationship with their texts, like Danica and Danica being very important and heir to the wolf pack um, and like going to the um, city council meeting and so right off the bat it's like this huge complete plot twist and shock um and so then there's a scene after the death scene where first of all 
Bryce just being like fucked us up on Lightseeker out on the club, like very relatable. relatable Bryce relatable. being the party girl of I know like Nesta in Akatar is also a party girl, but like Bryce being the true party girl, like clubbing, yeah. doing like lines yeah. at like the tables. Yeah, I'm like girl. Yeah, I no, it just makes sense, and just like wanting to dance and like her best friends, and like they went to college, like Crescent City mm-hmm. University. Like I'm like iconic. Like they yes. got drunk and like ran through like the town. We're just girls. It's yeah. Like, how we say now that we're 20-year-old teenage girls, Huge like, girls. that is nice yeah. and her friends. Yeah, and she was also 23 when the book starts off. Um, mm-hmm. And so when really we... Really able to us. That's, yeah. like, our age, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, love that. And so then we get the, the death scene, and then who do we get introduced to in the moments immediately after? Yes. Hunt. So uh, I feel like when we first got intro-, intro to Hunt, like, obviously, who would know that he would become so important um especially since Bryce like hunt finds her kind of like saves her um as she's like hunting down you know like a demon that had killed the wolf pack um and she's so fucked up like doesn't even remember it she comes back to like basically like the police station yeah. yeah like of like the angels you know um and ends up, like, vomiting all over herself because of, obviously, everything she witnessed. She's fucked up. So, like, Bryson Hunt, me, in that one moment, that was probably, like, the lowest point of her entire life. And then, flash forward two years later, they go on this, like, crazy journey together, um, which I really do like how I feel like a lot of the SJM books, especially when we get introduced to, like, the main um, male character, it's very much immediately, like, we get to know them versus this, it was, like... They were living, they met, but then lived separate lives for two years before they actually got reunited. Yeah. And that, I think that was, like, very important characterization because, like, you learn later on in the books, like, Hunt's first impression of Bryce. And, like, mm-hmm. Bryce even goes on to tell him, like, yeah, it's easier when people believe that, like, I'm a stupid party girl. Yeah. Um, he was, like, you're a spoiled party girl who, like, mm-hmm. thinks she can't do any wrong. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bryce is so relatable. I think she's definitely the most relatable female one character in the SJM universe. Um, and it is because she has so many flaws and she like, you know, she tries her best, but she admits to her flaws. And I think part of that was being like, yeah, I did party a lot to like put off a lot of other feelings I had about myself and my life. And like, maybe it wasn't a good idea to be like, leave my friends. And then they all got murdered. And like, I don't know. It's just, Obviously, like, it wasn't her fault, but I think especially at the beginning of the book, like, we're like, oh, this girl maybe isn't the best because she basically, like, her friend got murdered on the same night that she's partying. Like, all this stuff happens, and she kind of has to, like, repent for her sins almost. Yeah. Well, she, you, like, see her struggling with it and like, all of the different ways, and so that's just, like, such a huge part of her journey. Mm-hmm. But she's also, like, this kind of, like, flirty, funny personality. Like, literally every single boy that she comes across is just, like, becomes obsessed with her. Like, I have a crush on her. Yes. Like, I, I a crush love her. her. I mean, yes, of course she's, like, beautiful. But we do love how she's, like, a curvier girl representation. Um, like, they describe her as, like, being, like, I don't know, like, thicker. Like, mm-hmm. she's, like, a big, like, a nice big ass. Like, nice big butt. Big tummy. Yeah, curvy. like, she's, I feel like in so many romanticy, it's, like, she was so, so small. The smallest girl I've ever seen. Um, but, like, Bryce is that girl. Every boy, like, wants to be with her or be her. Um, and she's not, like, this, like, skinny, skinny, small girl. Like, she's powerful. She's a woman. Yeah. I think that's the difference. She's not a teenager. She's in her 20s. Like, she's a, yeah. she's a woman's body. Yeah, and, like, her personality is just strong. Like, she does it. She takes no shit. Like, later in the book, she literally, like, mm-hmm. literally declines Micah's invitation to take her on a date. Like, she's just like, mm, no thanks, not interested. Literally, like, like, every single guy is, like, they meet her, and they're like, can I take you out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's Nesta energy. That's yeah. why. Period. Yeah, that's why we love Nesta and Bryce. We're yeah. like, you are that girl. Every man falls to their knees when they meet you. I wish that would happen. But, yeah, Bryce is... Definitely one of my fam- favorite female characters. Um, but also, like, I really do like her. Even though she, like, is this kind of so-called dumb party girl, she actually is really smart, and she's a lot of interest. Like, she likes ballet, so she does ballet with her friend Juniper, who's actually, like, a really good ballerina, and she's, like, a principal at the um, ballet. Yeah, trying to be principal. Yeah, trying to be yeah. principal. Um, and then she also is really into, like, art history, so that's why she works with Jessi- Jessica 
Roga. Yeah. Um, and in the archives and also, um, you know, has yes. this, like, really interesting job or – I mean, it's interesting to a degree. I think, you know, she does sit at the desk most of the day, but, like, she isn't just, like, the typical girl. Yeah, um, and it's it's interesting, too, because then through Bryce's job, I think one of the, the interesting points of world building that SJM uses here is that through Bryce's job with the antiquities, like, we start getting pieces of history of Midgard. Like, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, that vase is, like, 15,000 years old. Like, oh, that's when, like, the Northern Rift and the Southern Rift opened. Yeah. And, like, da-da-da and this Lots and that. Lots of world building. Like, Lots I'm, of world building. I feel like when you do a Crescent City reread, you pick up on a lot, which I think probably was why people find the world building overwhelming but I think you can do an initial read without giving that stuff so much thought um but then on the reread you like kind of pay attention more to it yeah definitely but like along with Jezebel the side characters in Crescent City slay like slay I the hardest since Throne of Glass yeah definitely because there's not I mean there's side characters in Akatar, but there's not as many. Throne of Glass, there's so, so yeah. many. This is, like, the first one where I feel like there's actually a lot of different power players. Yeah. Um, which I love, because we love the frat house. Like, Declan, Flynn, and Rune. Well, especially Rune. Who doesn't love Rune, Barbera, um, what Corca- is it? Rune, Dan, and Crown Prince of the Valbar and Fae. Okay, yeah, I just fucked and that up. And the three things but, you knew for certain. Yes, like, <laughs> they were obsessed with them for a reason. They're all the frat boys that we, like, threw ourselves at, at call- in college. But they're, like, a hundred-year-old Fae. Or I guess Rune's, like, 50. Rune's, like, 75. Yeah, he's not, he's not too old yet. But they're still, obviously, like, look like they're in their 20s. And they just party yeah. and, like, have sex. And yeah. You they have, like, a beer pong table and yes. smoke more through. Yes. Like. And it's, like, that is modern day. But they're actually good guys. So mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. It's, like, they're not just yeah. these frat bros where we're, like, oh, we hate these guys. They have, like, depth to them. They all yeah. do. Yeah. They're very sweet. And, like, the fact that, like, Flynn is, like, a fey noble and, like, Declan is, like, a smart computer geek. Yes. Like, it's just, like, adorable, like, how they're characterized. And Declan and, like, has his little boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love them. Um, and then, let's see. Also, Fury, Axtar, and Juniper. Mm-hmm. Fury intrigues me so yes, much. Yes, don't know I, anything about her, really. Like, her background. Um, that's definitely something I'm hoping to find out in Crescent City 3. But she is, like, an enigma. Yeah. I think she's going to be a major power player. The fact that, like, she's connected to the Asteri. Like, she knows all these things about the Rebellion. Like, she yeah. warns Bryce off of Synth in the early pages mm-hmm. she, um, of the book. And she's, we love our powerful girl assassins oh, yeah. in the SJM yeah. universe. Um, and it's like, question mark, is she a mercenary, an assassin? Mm-hmm. Like, what is she doing? And then Juniper is just like this really gentle, she's a fawn, right? Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. a fawn, like she's very gentle. As we said earlier, she's a ballerina. Um, so, you know, she's not some like fighter or anything like that. But Bryce just has this like group of girlfriends, which I think is really nice because it's just like relatable as all of us who are in the modern day world might be girls who have like a group of girlfriends. We go out with them. We go to brunch, we hang out, we gossip. Like that's kind of Bryce's relationship with all of them, which obviously changes a little bit, especially once Danica dies. Um, Cause if originally it was like the four of them were like, you know, thickest thieves, but obviously that all changes when Danica dies and Danica ultimately was Bryce's best, best friend. Yeah. Um, Another character that I love is Therian. And just, like, the Mer people in general, I'm, like, just very interested in. But, like, again, like, the side characters in Crescent City, like, I just love, like, the little ways that they're characterized. Like, Therian, like, he does, like, all this flirting with Bryce and calls her legs and, like, all these different legs. things. Yes, we love. But then, like, later on, you get, like, glimpses of him, like, unhappy, like, in the underworld and, like, mm-hmm. wanting to remain above. But, like, he's in service to the queen and engaged to her daughter. Like, there's just, like, all these different kind of, like, nuances and, like, little things and she's been setting them up since day one and I'm so excited to see what Crescent City 3 brings. Flirting is almost like Bryce's partying where it's like basically leading people to believe that you're one thing Mm. when you're actually another. Definitely. Um, But yeah I mean all these side characters there's plenty more um, that we'll bring up as well but like definitely this main group it definitely flips through like a lot of different POVs as well Mm -hmm. on the book because there are so many different people so I like that as well. I feel yeah. like it keeps you interested. Um, it's not just like one person's life the entire time. So yeah. we really get like a full world building from like every single different person's kind of like perspective. Yeah. Um, so a couple of other big plot points. 
one moment that really, really got me on my first read was the fake betrayal on the barge with Hunt trying to buy the synth, like, mm-hmm. to so that they'd be able to, like, escape and, like, break their bonds. Yeah. Literally had me, like, the fact, so, like, Bryce and Therian, let me set the scene, they, like, cruise up on his little spy master, wave runner, whatever. I'm imagining <laughs> them, like, pulling up on a jet ski. Yeah, no, like, it's literally a jet ski. Like, and they're like, let me snap a pic first for yeah, the gram. Like. Yeah. And Therian is like, Bryce, you don't want to see this. And Bryce is like, let me on the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Bryce gets on the boat and she sees Hun and like they're like supposedly going down with this deal. My heart stopped. Like I could not believe. I was like, there's no way. But then I got so scared because I was like, first love interest with SJM. Like, is yeah. this going to be such a big betrayal? Hunt is also, he's a hard to love character. Like I feel like. I love him, but he's also really prickly. So mm-hmm. I feel like we wanted to believe the worst when yeah. we first met him. Um, so I agree. I also was not really sure what was going to happen there. Yeah. So I just, like, there's just so many plot points there. And, like, I love how their relationship develops. And, like, I love that she, like, never really gave up on him. Because then literally right after that, she, like, tries to go and bargain for his freedom. Like, literally, like, will give up, like, her own life and, like, all of this mm-hmm. money and, like, servitude to Jezebel for, like, literally the rest of her immortal life yes. to try and buy his freedom. And let's not forget how hot he is. I love when she describes him sitting on her couch wearing the backwards hat. And the gray sweatpants. <laughs> and the gray sweatpants. The sunball hat. And yes. it's specifically sunball. Like, this man just wants to, He's, like, like watching sunball on her couch. Yeah, he, yeah. Wa- he wants to watch sunball. He pretends that he doesn't like the trashy reality TV, but he really does. Yes. And then they eat like takeout noodles together. That's like he, every guy. And he cuddles with with sirings. <laughs> yes. Um so like just ideal ideal boyfriend. That's like a realistic bo- yeah, boyfriend realistic, for these days. Um know. and like I mean obviously he's described as being this like really hot, tall, you know, ripped angel. Um and we do love we love a man with wings. With wings. But I like how he's an angel, you yeah. know? But the wings... He has feathered wings, but the wings... Feathered, the wings, <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Very excited about that. Yeah. But yeah, there's, like, you know, so many different other things that happen. Like, the Viper Queen, um, you know, when they go to, like, the black market, basically. And Bryce is trying to find out more about how, like, Danica died and, like, yeah. what happened and, like... And trying like, to track the demon with the yes. black obsidian salt. And then, like, Bryce is playing the long game. Like, she's out conning everybody. Like, she's mm-hmm. three steps ahead of Hunt. Like, Fury mm-hmm. is like, what are you doing going around what that, here? What does like, that remind you of, being three steps ahead? Alien. Ah. Yeah. All the parallels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like... A couple of the other interesting points that, like, are just, like, cryptic. Viper Queen, for sure. The Oracle. Like, Bryce mm-hmm. and Rune's prophecies haunt me. Mm-hmm. And I do I do think it's going to be the kind of, like, Greek mythology telling where, like, obviously the prophecy means something completely different. Like, Rune's being, like, the royal bloodline will end with you. Yeah. I think it's because it's going to end because the royal house, like, will not exist anymore in Crescent City 3. Like, we're going to have to see, like, how all mm-hmm. of that plays out with, like, the rebellion and everything yeah. like that. Greek so, mythology. Like, as we're reading, uh, or not reading, as we're watching Percy Jackson yes, on Disney yes. Plus right now. <laughs> and we have the Oracle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is really interesting how Bryce and Rune's, like, lives are prophesized um, and very differently. And Rune also holds, like, a lot of – how do you describe it? Like, he holds a lot of, like, fear and just, like, won't tell. It's, like, his biggest secret is his prophecy. He won't Mm -hmm. tell Bryce. He won't tell his father. He lied to his father about it. Um, yeah, he has, like, Rune has all this pressure about being, like, heir to the Starborn Fae, like, mm-hmm. um, before we find out about Bryce's powers, obviously, and, like, he's, like, feels like he's a disappointment, and, like, we know that the Autumn King was, like, abusive, and, like, he had, he got the tattoos because of the burns Ugh, on his arm, yeah. and, like, it's really interesting. The what is King, it with the, with the Autumn Kings? It's the like, Autumn. Like, the parallel to Akatar. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. Rune and Eris, oh my god. I don't know, we'll see. But... Another character, speaking of the Oracle, um, Prince Adis, the Prince of Hell, he is so interesting. He shows up, he tells Bryce, and he, he showed up when she saw the Oracle, and he said, what, what blinds an Oracle, Bryce Quinlan? Like, her, her light. Like, he is the one pushing Bryce to, like... Discover herself. To discover herself, like, before she even wants to admit it. Like, all throughout the first book, Prince Adis keeps like showing up to her and he's like oh mm. Bryce like I know you there's more to you than like yeah like you need to like admit it to yourself and like all that kind of stuff so so interested to see where the rest of the princes of hell go because mm-hmm. I think that's gonna be so interesting yes 
Yeah. And as we're talking through it, I'm kind of like, wow, there are a lot of characters going on in this book and a lot of things, but it's what makes it interesting. Like the plot's just not, it's not just like this line where it's like things just happen. Like it's like going up and down and all over the place. Yeah. Things are going back and forth and then you get introduced to something else and you find out a new secret. Like yeah um it keeps you on your toes yeah, um definitely but lastly of like our favorite little side characters we do love how Bryce's mom is like a human because obviously mm-hmm. Bryce is half a half mm-hmm. human um and we love her like her mom is just such a classic modern day mom like texting her facetiming her to make sure everything's okay sending her like you know Bryce's stepdad the sharpshooter she's like text Bryce to make sure she's fine. She's won't cause she won't answer me. Like, and then the dad, the stepdad's like, if you need anything, if you need anyone killed, I'm here. I got you. Like no one can fuck with you. Um, yep. so we do love the, the healthy parent relationship. Cause well, yeah, we don't get that in any SJM books yeah. either. We really don't we really get, like, don't get parent. parents. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think it's so funny. I love, yeah. When they get on the FaceTime with Hunt and they're like, the Umbra Mortis is your roommate? Yeah. <laughs> like, ha yeah. Like, she's like, gotta go. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I showed him Jelly Jubilee. And the mom's like, all right, so you got my stamp of approval. Jelly you know about Jubilee. Jelly Jubilee. Yeah. The Pegasus. I forgot how <laughs> funny Crescent City is. Like, there's so many things that SJM writes that aren't quintessential to the plot whatsoever, but she just adds them. She's like, the Jelly Jubilee, obviously, the Sun Bowl, and, like, yep. the backwards hat, like... Just things like that. Um, you know, this book definitely has good banter and, like, funny jokes. I yep. definitely let out a couple laughs when I read this. Yeah. Um, but lastly, you guys, the last hundred pages of House, and Earth, House of Earth and Blood with the most, IMO, the most intense of any SJM book, period, closely, mm-hmm. closely followed by Empire of Storms and, and Aquawar, yeah. I think. Because so much happens. So much happens. Yeah. So much happens. So first of all, like, we see all of the p- major power players are going off to the summit, which is, like, this huge deal that, like, Crescent City is hosting it. Micah, the archangel, is, like, it's a huge deal. Sandriel, yes. the evil archangel that literally was, like, the cause of the fallen rebellion and, like, mm-hmm. why Hunt was enslaved and he was enslaved to her for forever – um we get so and then we get all these power players and like we know about rune and hypaxia oh my god hypaxia so we know about rune and hypaxia and their engagement and like hypaxia is like the new witch queen and like her necromancy powers and then like fury is somehow at the summit why is fury there Mm -hmm. who knows we're going back on why we're like yeah it's not difficult at all the world building (laughs) but that's why the that's why the last hundred pages are so intense Mm -hmm. and then while they're at the summit what happens micah shows up at the door to Griffith Antiquities mm-hmm. and confronts Bryce. And we admits everything. Admits everything. He plotted everything. He summoned the Crystallos. And we get the big fucking reveal. The horn, Luna's horn, that they've been searching for this entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. It was ground into powder and put into Bryce's tattoo that Danica tattooed on her, like, the yep. five days before she died. Yeah. And and Micah's like, let me set a blast of power and activate it, Right. Yeah. And so we learn all of this. And you guys, literally, this is like the most intense. I like have tears in my eyes, like even yes. just like thinking about it. The so, vacuum scene. So Lahaba and the vacuum scene. So Bryce is obviously fighting for her life against Micah. They get downstairs into the archive. She gets like tossed into the, the tank with that knock and like mm-hmm. is fighting for her life. And this was her, like it was her trial or whatever they call it before, part of like making the drop. Mm-hmm. Um and so she's doing that. She's literally fighting for her life to save Cyrinx. And yes. every, everyone is li- like, she's live streaming this via Jezebel. And Jezebel is literally like, get back there and save the books. And Hunt's <laughs> like, you bitch. Like, <laughs> like well, what about Bryce? Um, and you guys, the sacrifice yeah, of all, all sacrifices. Mm-hmm. The little fire sprite. The bravest fire sprite. My friends are with me and I am not afraid. I literally, I could- Also, the parallel- my name is Aileen Galavinius, and I am not afraid. <laughs> I could literally be brought to tears right now. Yeah. This death scene broke me. I think we've talked about this a little bit in our mental health episode with Bryce and Nesta. Lahaba was like the like the ultimate friend to Bryce. Like she never gave up on her. Mm-hmm. And Even Bryce would didn't treat her. Didn't and at times well. didn't treat her that well and like was oh you know, whatever. Um 
And the fact that like one of the last things that she says is Bryce is like, you're free. I bought your freedom. Like literally as of last week, you're free. And she goes, then let the, then let my first act of freedom be to protect my friends. Like so sad. too good for this world. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Bryce is like, I realized that her sacrifice to smash her, smash herself into the water tank and crash the water tank is so that Bryce can run up the stairs to Jezebel's office, take God Slayer, this fucking rifle, and gets one shot and just blasts Micah. Yeah. Just blasts him. Mm-hmm. And then she literally vacuums up yeah, his, like, vacuums up his ashes. ashes. She said, bye-bye. Yeah, we're, like, <laughs> Dyson commercial. Um, yeah. No, but this whole ending, and then there's the whole part where like the demons are yep. invading so then as soon like, as so it's like bryce has just had this trial fighting for yes. her life just saw her best friend killed die. the archangel there's all of the leaders of crescent city are gone at the summit and watching this live stream and micah activated the portal so all of the demons demons from hell are now flooding the streets of crescent city and bryce is literally the solo protector of the entire city yes guys like we're not even like halfway there to the end that's I like know. the last like like 100 pages now we're in the last 50 and so then we see Bryce running around the city, literally star sword, rifle, like guns yes. blazing. She partners with Ethan yes. after they also had such a bad relationship because of Connor's death and how Bryce like let on Connor mm-hmm. um, and, you know, like Connor die without ever really being able to like get Bryce to like come yeah. back, even though whatever. And like they're fighting for each other. Bryce literally is like giving up her life to like, you know, protect the wolves and protect Ethan and protect everyone. The humans. The humans. But then we finally get the scene where Bryce makes the drop so that she can survive and like blast yeah. away the demons with her yeah. starborn power. Um, and Danica comes and, and meets her in the drop. Meets Bryce, her in the drop. Bryce free fell into the drop through the gate, soul to soul and heart to heart with Danica who is literally dead and her soul is in the bone quarter. Mm-hmm. And they make the drop and they have this like incredible little like conversation and connection and Danica tries to explain as much as she can, but she still doesn't. And it's just crazy. And it's literally light it up. Like you guys, when I made the connection, when I made the connection, Carly, light it up. Danica was the only person that knew about Bryce's Starbone powers from saving them on that spring break trip when mm-hmm. she like blinded all of those like evil smugglers. Or yes, whatever. yes. So Danica was the only person that knew about this. Mm-hmm. Danica was also the only person because she was a bloodhound. She sniffed out Bryce's heritage and knew that she was the daughter of the Autumn King. Yep. No, but you guys light it up. It wasn't just a silly, goofy party phase. Yeah. Praise it. It. Bryce, Danica was literally telling Bryce, light it up. Yeah, she was telling her, like, live your truth. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. I know. Cry. We have such a... I mean, Danica, we're still, like, were you a good best friend or were you not? Because there's so many secrets. But during this scene, like, it was... It was awesome. And it was just, like, beautiful. And we love the reunion. And Bryce is, like, finally coming to terms with Danica's death. She finally gets to, like, see her in the afterworld. Um, but finally it ends, like... All is good in the world. Hunt shows you know. up, gives her CPR, <laughs> She comes back as fully Faye and has made the drop. And she goes, my name is Bryce Quinlan and I'm the heir to the Starborn Faye. And she mm-hmm. closes the fucking portal with her Starborn powers. Yep. Um, Mic drop. Exactly. But this book, I mean, that was an insane ending. Obviously, we do end with an epilogue that, you know leads into Crescent City 2, the house of sky and breath. Um, but this is when we know that like Jessica and um, Prince Adis are really going to be like important players in the second book, if not like the entirety of Crescent City. Yeah. So very important because we get the little scene with Jessica and Adis talking um, and it's just, they're basically it, just being like, we'll see yeah, what happens in Bryce's happens. life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you guys, <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot. Yes. Um, <laughs> but Crescent City, both Crescent City books, and I can only imagine Crescent City 3, are Bibles. They are long, long. Um, but we only have two books to talk about right now. Crescent City, as of right now, is two books. It will be three as of January 30th, 2024. And then after that, we'll see, you know, how many other Crescent City books end up coming out. I think she was only slated for three. Mm-hmm. Now maybe and talks extended. For, and talks for an extended contract. Exactly. Um, yeah. But we, we never know. But okay, we can kick off with... Crescent City 2, which first was at the top. What do you think you liked better, the first book or the second? Honestly, I think I liked the first book better. I think me too. Yeah. I just think, like, it was a really good intro to the new world, and I still really liked Mm -hmm. the second book. Um, But I think I just liked 
like the plot and like the yeah, intro definitely. to it all. Like the mystery, like as funny as like the Zootopia things are, like I do think it's yeah. interesting. But I also do think like obviously now we know that House of Sky and Breath is setting up a lot. I was gonna say it's And so it, it's like a lot of the like it's more like inciting plot. action. It's a yes. lot of plot getting us ready for like the climax. It's and, more action. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I would say the first, like the action is really only at the end. Um other than like, you know, Bryce and Hunt going on like the the hunt for the demons and like trying to find out more about yeah. Danica's death. But the real action isn't until that last like a hundred pages versus mm-hmm. this book is pretty action packed. Um, yeah. And we can talk about that even starting with like this girl, Sophie Renast. I was like, who is this bitch? Like, <laughs> like literally the book starts. I'm like, who? I'm like what? Um, but basically we have this like seemingly human girl who is, in like a slavery camp for humans she's actually a thunderbird so like really really powerful um beings who all pretty much got wiped out because from the hysteria the hysteria they thought they were too feared them and they thought they were too powerful exactly um yeah so we see her breaking into this slave camp basically mm -hmm. the rebel camp that the hysteria have on the continent um and then we kind of quickly realize that she's with ophian with the rebellion um and so she meets up with agent silver Mm -hmm. and we later learn that agent silver is actually prince cormac which is very important they were cormac's cormac stan yeah i think he's a cormac stan yeah definitely definitely Mm -hmm. i imagine cormac like very specifically as chris evans and knives out in that one cable knit sweater like (laughs) That's how I picture Cormac. Crying. <laughs> that one, like, like the little yeah, like, the quarter. One, like, yeah, yeah. That is so funny that you picture him as Chris Evans. Like, just like that image. Okay. Like, not necessarily his face, but like yeah. that vibe. No, yeah. I mean, Besides like, obviously, he's like a prince. He's powerful. He's Fey, and he also has the really powerful. Um, like he could, you know, travel. Winnow. Yeah, he was very In powerful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is like going past the beginning of the book, but finding out that Cormac was in love with Sophie Renas and he was the agent. Like, he was yeah, Agent, agent Silver, Silver. And they were working together. Yeah. Um, and then he they fell in love. Um, but we find out that, like, because Bryce was so mistrusting of Cormac, and then we literally find out he's part of the rebellion. Um, and then he, and he, like, literally sacrifices himself so that Rune and, like, Bryce and everyone else can escape, escape. with their lives. Yeah. Um, yeah, Which, you know, I think, he was, I think he was kind of ready because I think technically Sophie was kind of like his mate. Um, Question mark? Yeah. Yeah, like at least he felt like she was. So I think especially his death or her death really ruined him. Um, so I think it was like a, mm. it was a powerful way for him to go down. But I do say we only really got him for one book. I would have loved to like, you know, seen him for longer. For sure. But from in, him being introduced and Bryce being like, I don't, because they, you know, her father was like, you're... Declares this engagement. Yes. And, like, Cormac obviously was like, I don't want to be engaged to you either, Bryce, but, like, let's just, like, put it on so that everyone's happy. Um, And Bryce was fighting against it. But I think Cormac, like, he didn't deserve that, you know, slander to his name. He didn't deserve what Bryce really gave him in the beginning. But, obviously, in the end, they realized what kind of guy he truly was. Yeah, definitely. On a brighter note... I would say my favorite chapter from this entire book is the one that starts off. There were three three things that Rune Dannon knew for certain. And I think we all know what those three things are. And I yeah. think we've all thought heavily in detail about those three things many, many, many times. Many, many sleepless, lonely nights. I'd be, I'd be thinking about those three You'd things. You'd be thinking about Rune Dannon. I'd be thinking about Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valbar and, the, mm-hmm. and, the, and the three things that he knew for certain. Yeah, people are obsessed with Rune. People. 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 People, <laughs> people being me. Um, but you know who I love just as much as Rude? Our girl Lydia Servos, a.k.a. Day. Yes. Day and night. Okay, can we talk about... Okay, so just like for context... Rune is starting to work with the Rebellion. He meets with Agent Day in this, like, fake, like, mind, mind bridge. world bridge. Um, it's and giving Day Mati powers. Yes. And I do love the way it's described. Like, her body's aflame. He's described as, like, stars and skies. And I basically picture it as this, like, black nothingness. And they're just, like, laying on couches, kind of, like, in therapy, like, across from yeah. each other, like, talking to each other. Um, and then, obviously, from talking to each other and, like, opening up and like telling each other secrets that they haven't told anyone else. They start kind of like forming a romantic 
connection. They literally have sex, like, in this, like, nothing mind world. Mind world. It's like, whoa, that's, yeah. it's like literally tripping yeah. on acid and being like, I was fucked. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but I will say in the end of the book, just, like, flashing forward when, like, you know, Rune finds out that it is Lydia and obviously there's, she doesn't have the best rep. Um, I'm a Lydia girl. Like I'm, I'm a Lydia like, girl. I don't know why he's so mad. I guess it's because yes, she's been faking this entire time that she was some really evil counterpart versus like, she's actually been working for the rebellion and she's been yeah. a good person. But Rune kind of in the end, like kind of like shuns her a bit. Yeah. He's like, I can't even look her in the eyes knowing yeah. that it's her. And I'm like, <gasps> and she's literally saved his life you. so many times. And she even continues to, to save his life. And she even said to him, she was like, if you knew who I truly was, I don't think I would love, you would love, love me. me. And he was like, no, no. I would. Yeah. And like he knew that she was being abused by yeah. like this man. Pollux. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Day, night. I just, I need more of them. I am so scared. Mm-hmm. If you guys have seen any of like SJM's um, kind of like interviews leading up to Crescent City 3, she's like, you should be worried for Roan. I am worried for Roan. I am worried. Worried deeply, deeply <laughs> to my soul for Roan. Yeah. I, if there's going to be, I actually can't even say it out He doesn't deserve what's going to happen to him. No. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ill. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna yeah. Um, January thirtieth, thirty first. I already have PTO on the calendar for work, you guys. Do I you actually be, already have? Well, this? I, I literally messaged them about it today. <laughs> you are crazy. Um, <laughs> yes, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. The way that like I'll just like take like a work from home day and like any chance I get, I'll fucking crack into this book. But I think I think you I mean, need yeah. that full like ten hours of reading. I do. Yeah, I, I definitely. Think, do. I think you deserve it. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Um, so a couple of other, you know, just kind of like interesting plot points and like other characters, we see Bryce kind of like fighting. It's interesting because she's obviously come out as like heir to the Starborn Fae and daughter mm-hmm. of the Autumn King. Um, but so people f- are now are like giving her the respect that she deserves. Yeah. But then also treating her very weirdly. Like when the star on her chest starts glowing at the ballet, she feels super uncomfortable and people are like, turn the light off. And it's just like, <laughs> you can just like imagine like the fucking like gossip columns like of like modern day. Like it's like, mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It's weird. But one point that I thought was honestly like, like going back to like Bryce makes mistakes and she's like a relatable person. The first time she uses like her Royal Highness Bryce Quinlan, like of the Valbar and Faye is to complain that Juniper was passed over for principal of the ballet. And she's basically like, you need to make Juniper Mm -hmm. principal of the ballet. And Juniper obviously gets so upset. She calls Bryce and she's like, you had no right. Like, I've worked for this my whole life. Like, I'm like, don't don't talk to me. Because because someone called up. Exactly. Because everyone knows that. Yeah. Yeah. And then even even Fury, like, Bryce tries to ask Fury about it and Fury's like you fucked up like give her some space mm-hmm. um and so then like you see yes and we need to talk about how Fury and Juniper by this point uh, are very much a couple love to see Bryce it. like didn't love, even see love. it the way that Bryce was like wait yeah she's like when did that happen they're and they're like it's been two years yeah like, <laughs> yeah Bryce was definitely like she's a good mm-hmm. person but she definitely was in Bryce land for a very long time yeah um and so also, at the same time, we have this whole, like, Hunt and Bryce waiting to have sex, which just, like, guys, it killed, yeah. killed pieces of my soul. Like, the tension was so real. Like, Sarah J. Mass had us on crumbs A lot of people City. were like, why? Yeah, like, for what reason? It made no sense. Because we were talking sense. about this the other day. Like, Akatar, I mean, I know it's Tamlin and Farah, but, like, they fuck in the first book. Yeah, like, not even that. that book. Yeah, yeah, not even that far into it. And then... Throw a glass, it's more YA, but, like, you know, I mean, we actually had to wait a, a while for, like, Adrian yeah, and Rowan, like, but, like, it was not, different, yeah. yeah. But, like, this one was, like, it was, like, sexual tension where actually there are sex scenes of, like, them, like, doing oral and things like that, but, like, the, like, they're, like, waiting for, like, the yeah. penetrative sex, and we were just, like, just, like, for what? For what reason? Um, yeah. One of my favorite parts with that is Bryce and Hun hooking up, and at this point, Bryce is letting Ethan stay in her apartment for safety, and they're, like, hooking up. And I forgot what, like, Hunt says. But he's, like, I can hear, like, even screams. He's, like, I can hear. Please have sex a little louder. Yeah. He's, like, I can hear everything. everything. And Hunt's, like, will be louder just to fucking spite you. Yeah. Love Hunt. I Hunt love is Ethan. the sassy era. Ethan, too. I love Ethan. We'll dive into him. But, like, yeah. I need him to have the best. Yeah. Um, and so with, like, Bryce and Hunt obviously being a couple – I thought it was so 
fucking iconic when Bryson um, Hunt show up to like the like ball, um, the like autumn autumn equinox ball or whatever, and Bryce literally just calls off the fake engagement, which like she and Cormac like they had all come to this agreement that they were gonna keep faking it for yeah. cover for Cormac. Cormac to be was with like, the I don't want to be engaged. Yeah, either. he was like, yeah, no, not interested. Yeah, um, which was hilarious. But the only man that isn't interested in Bryce. <laughs> yeah, for once. Because he was mm-hmm. in love with Sophie. Exactly. Which is like R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> literally. And then Bryce literally walking straight up to the new archangel um, and being like, yeah, um, Prince Hunt and I are going to be very happy. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And Rune is like, holy shit, like you're mated, like you're yeah. mates at the ball. And it was just like this fucking mic drop, like the Autumn King is so upset. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Autumn King, yeah. we have a lot to say, a lot to say about him. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's a dick, but like I think there's so much about him we don't know. We need to know the background. Mm-hmm. Like if he's such a dick, like how did him and Bryce's mom end up together? You know, mm-hmm. like how were they together where they ended up having Bryce as like a child? And I know yeah, like and she, she, fled. she fled, but I think he does have the best intentions for Bryce, but I need to know more about him. Yeah, I need, we need to know more. Like, why I think, is he such a dick? I think he knows way more than he's been letting on because in oh, book one, I think he's been looking lo- into this study yes. and like just hasn't told anyone. A hundred percent. Like, because yeah. he, he's, he tells Rune, like the Fae are, we're, like we're growing weaker and weaker with every passing generation. He has the like model of the universe in his study. Very interesting. He tells Rune, like Luna's horn, it's like, it, like we're gonna need it mm-hmm. and that's before we realize that that's how Bryce can open a portal so like did the Autumn King really know that is he trying to like lead his people home like so mm-hmm. interesting um how he, old is he do we know old we don't know okay. but old so I was gonna old say, enough like, to what look middle-aged I think mm-hmm. which means like old yeah his yeah like he definitely old. doesn't look like he's in his 20s or anything yeah he probably like looks like he's in his like yeah. 40s yeah 50s maybe yeah yeah um no, he definitely knows more because I'm wondering how old he is. I'm like, what has he seen mm-hmm. in this world, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like, holding on to power. Because he tells Bryce, basically, he's like, I wanted you in Avalon because it's a safe hold. Like, not even the Asteri can pierce it, which so interesting. Mm-hmm. Avalon is a little isle that's shrouded in mist where they still honor the old ways. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, okay. We can't get into theories in this episode. It'll be too long. We're going to do a separate... All Sarah J. Mass universe. Yeah, cheers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so obviously the other major plot point in House of Sky and Breath is the rebels and Emil. So like we start off the book with Sophie trying to rescue her brother Emil, and Bryce is looking for Emil, and she's the only person actually looking for him to rescue him. So we learned that the mm-hmm. Ophion rebels are low key insane, especially with that girl Pippa. Like they're like yeah. chasing down Emil to hunt him for his Thunderbird powers that. Sophie obviously lied about. Um, we also learn late in the book that Sophie and Danica had, had contact. We get all of these different things. Ugh. Like Danica just, was we're so confused. We're so confused and we're just so upset with Danica for keeping so many secrets. Um Yep. Yeah, we get a lot. We get like as many bombshells as you thought you got in the first book. Ten times. Ten times. Ten and I will times. say it is kind of crazy how it is like the re- the rebels aren't even like these good guys either. It's like no one in the Crescent City universe yeah. is like good. Morally they both gray. have like bad intentions. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I do think that that's interesting because like the Ophian Rebellion and then like all throughout like Bryce and Hunt are like walking this like borderline where they're like, oh, like the Asteria, like Regulus, like at the end of book one, like he's mm-hmm. like, we'll let you live if you like don't t- like tell anybody about what happened and like how yeah. you killed Micah and like close the portal. They don't want anyone to know. The they don't want anyone to know. And so the entire time they're like walking this fine line of like, oh my God, like are we actually working with the rebellion? And then like Rune's working with the rebellion. And like mm-hmm. Hunt is literally like a fallen angel slave who just got his freedom reinstated mm-hmm. as a gift for like to basically be like shut the fuck up and like everything's normal yeah and so they're scared um and then they're scared (laughs) they're scared um and basically shit shit starts to hit the fan yeah in the last half of this book the the second half not even like Mm -hmm. the end but like the second second half half. like things are hitting the fan um especially beginning with them like visiting the like rebellion rebellion base yeah so like basically when basically they're scared they're scared. 
Um, but they decide to take this like mission. Basically, Cormac wants them to take this mission where they're gonna go like blow up some weapons and go out, go scope out an Ophian base. Um, and so they do that. They mm-hmm. literally just light it up. Um, and then they're trying to escape, and they get caught by the hind. They get caught by Lydia, and then they get rescued by the Ocean Queen's submarine yeah, I vessel. Say, I love the submarine. Love the submarine. Um, and you know what else we got on the submarine? The sex the scene. The sex scene! <laughs> yes. And literally, Bryce and Han have such amazing, powerful sex that they, like, literally winnow during the yeah, sex to a different, to a different room ship in on the, cabin. the submarine. They literally fall through space and time. Yeah. Which, interesting. But uh, Goals. <laughs> goals. That will never happen, but goals. Literally amazing. And, like, it's just, like, the whole thing where, like, Hunt, like, their mates and, like, Bryce's life was in danger. Like, Hunt was about to fry the whole ocean with lightning if it meant that Bryce got to safety. Yeah. Like, Rune is literally, like, holy shit, he's about to literally let his lightning out and fry mm-hmm. us in the process to save Bryce. Ooh, we do love a, a man with a lightning power love that Mm -hmm. um and so like then that's an interesting point because we're like all right like where is like the different ocean queens and the river queen and like where do they all stand in this like uh, okay yeah we don't really know like because you know the river queen is kind of like morally gray the ocean queen we're like okay we know where you stand yeah um but yeah no so many things are happening like they escape from the rebels so like and then like parallel to that ethan is on his own separate mission Mm -hmm. so bryce therian and hunt had gone to visit uh the mystics the whoever Mm -hmm. the the fortune teller man um and they go to see him and these mystics are giving the vibes if you've seen the movie minority report that's that's the vibes that they're giving they're like seated in water and they basically like transcend time and ethan is like where is like my brother's soul Mm -hmm. um and they're like they went, like, past hell. Like, they went somewhere that the astronomer, like, couldn't track. And then they got really scared. Anyways, so then Ethan, while they're on, like, their little rebellion mission. Yeah, also, what does that mean? We don't even know yet. <laughs> we literally don't know. I so many questions. I hope Sarah like, recovers that and doesn't, like, forget about it. <laughs> um, and so Ethan is on his own little separate mission. And then he goes to the the uh, the alpha, the, or the prime um, of the wolves. And he's like, yeah, there's a, there's a lost fender air. What? Yes. What? Since when? The mi- the mystic? And then we, fi- I, like, we find out it's literally because Ethan could smell the, yeah. like, one of them was a wolf, and he was like, what like, the fuck she's is trapped. a wolf doing here? Yeah. Really mad about it. Um, but they do. Who who rescues the Ethan. dragons? Right. Ethan. 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 He basically takes he these takes, rings. He, yes, the astronomer's <laughs> rings. He's like, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. And then and gifts them. Or not gifts them, but he gives them to the frat house well, to he's take so, care of. So poor Ethan has been subjected. He's sexiled out of Bryce's apartment. Yeah, pretty To much. go stay at the frat, the frat house. house. And it's like. But then he becomes. He becomes. And then part. He, becomes, and he, then becomes, he pledges. He, he pledges. And he becomes a, a fraternity brother. He's, um, he's pledge class 2022. Of, yeah. <laughs> of the Faye frat house. Exactly. Um, and so he brings these cutesy little fire sprites. And a dragon, a mm-hmm. whole ass dragon. And also, it's Flynn, right? When yeah. basically they meet this dragon, mm-hmm. and Flynn's like, "Hello, dragon." And Flynn also Hello. is another boy that was. It's one of Rune's friends, mm-hmm. but always was trying to fuck Bryce, as they all were. And he's portrayed as it's like the quintessential frat bro, like so fratty, but like so hot. Mm-hmm. And literally, this guy Flynn, he's like, oh. Yep. It's like, what's your name? And she's like, don't fucking talk to me. Yep. <laughs> but so the sprites are so funny because they're all obsessed so with funny. the boys. They're literally like just like little cutesy fangirls. Yeah. They're like, oh my god. Like, it's yeah. adorable. And obviously it made me sad because of the hip hop. And so along with that, we have like so many other subplots. We've got Rune and Hypaxia again. Um, Hypaxia's necromancy powers, like so interesting. We also find out at the ball, we forgot to mention this, at the ball scene, we find out that Hypaxia for the girlies. Yeah, yeah, she is for the girlies. She's with the Archangel Celestina. Like, and so we're mm-hmm. like, well, jump scare. Yes, like, we, what? Are <laughs> this Bryce and Hunt, are they trying to yeah, find Yeah, they're a, trying to fuck they're in a broom to, closet. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> let's fuck. And then it's already occupied by Hypaxia in the Archangel. And yeah. they're like, do not tell anyone. Because also she, the Archangel is supposed to be getting married. Yeah. Um, if not, yeah. I think she already had married the other Archangel? No, she's engaged to engaged. the other archangel. Um, and yeah, for so breeding. she's really girly. But it is funny how yeah. Rune is engaged to Hypoxia, but then ends up falling in love with her half sister. Yep. Um, but Interesting. yeah, Hypoxia. It is funny though because at first, when 
Hypoxia was like, I think it's in the first book when she yeah, like heals. Med Witch, she heals Bryce's, or they yeah. figure out the venom with the. I whatever. totally thought Rune and Hypoxia were gonna happen, and yeah. in the second book, it like it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of, but like no, because yeah. it's her sister. Um, yeah, yeah, lots so we get going on. So much going on. I think Hypoxia's necromancy power is gonna be very, very important in Crescent City Three mm-hmm. when she and Ethan try and reach. Like the fact that her tutors are like long dead and they were part of Parthos, this like lost civilization that was turned to like dust on the wind, like. <laughs> So many things. So many it's like, things. what does that even mean? It was turned into dust on the wind. Well, it means a lot of things that mm-hmm. we're going to talk about next episode. Yeah. Um, or in our deep dive episode before Christmas City 3, all about the mass force. But. Yes. So many. Uh, there, we still have so many things to get through in House of Sky and Breath. So we get more Danica secrets reveal. Like we said, we find out that Danica had been working with Sophie. And so then this becomes like the main mission of the end of the book. They're like, we have to figure out like, what was Danica looking for? Mm-hmm. Um. We also, yeah, like, what does she know? Yeah, we also, jump scare, get the reveal, Danica had a mate, and it was Baxian yeah. from the from fucking Sandril's fucking Triari. Yeah. Like, this, like, evil-ass guy that's been working with the Hind and Pollux this whole time. He's like, just kidding, Danica was my mate, and I, on my heart, I have through love. Yeah. <laughs> through love, all is possible. And Bryce is like, I'm gonna fucking kill myself yeah. if I hear one more <laughs> secret that I didn't know yeah. from my best friend. Yes. And so we get all that. We also find out that Danica was a bloodhound because she's descended um, from, what's his face? The scary ass man. Her father, that was the, like the famous bloodhound that like sniffed out Rune in the alley and then recognized their son. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name now. I forgot his name now. Mm-hmm. See, so many characters. We yeah. get it, guys. We get it. The world doesn't stop. We get stop. it, yeah. Nobody you know As we're deep about. diving, I'm like, mm. I like the, the world building, <laughs> but I do take it back that it is kind of hard. There's just like, there's a lot going on. There's, there's a, lot a lot going, going on. on. But also this is a... As, I, think, I think SJM does it flawlessly, though. Yeah. And as Carly said, this is a Bible of a book, so there's a yes. lot happening. We, it's a Bible. Literally, we are like... Yeah, like she's not, crap, she's not like squeezing all this together in 500 pages. Yeah. It's like almost a thousand. Um, okay, so a couple of other points for just kind of like towards the ending. So one important point that we realize is the star sword. The star sword as a weapon has literally been like such, we're like, okay, the star sword belongs to Rune. And then Rune is like, no, it belongs to you, Bryce. And it's like the token of like the heir to the Starborn people. Again, why is this another parallel to Adian and Aelin with the sword with the of sword Warren? Of Warren? <laughs> and they're like, it's yours. No, it's yours. <laughs> no, it's yours. No, it's yours by right. Yeah. yeah you're fine. I don't want Ashton it. was just like repurposing. God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so interesting. Okay. So we, we've got a lot going on there and we obviously know that that's going to be important because put a pin in that. Um, towards the end, we, we have the whole, they're like mission impossible. We're, we're breaking into the crystal palace of the Asteri. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're going to break in and figure we out, need to find what, out what's what Sophie figured out and what the fuck Dusk's truth is. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So we get the whole scene. Bryce is down in the fucking archives, down in the Asteri archives, and she's in this room and she's figuring out that. The Asteria had been conquering all of these different worlds and bringing those species to Midgard to feed off of them. Yeah. So we get the first light and the second light, and we realize that the Asteria literally feed off of the energy, and have it's like a breeding ground for them just, yeah. just to eat. And that's why it's a Zootopia, because they've just stolen all these people from different worlds and brought, and them, brought them all, all together. to one. Yeah. Um, and, so, and that's probably why they have modern technology, because since so many worlds have combined they like are able to combine their like thoughts and like their you know ideas and like come up with modern day city living yeah we also get the jump scare that prince adis has not been in book two at all it's just been regulus regulus pretending to be prince adis to push bryce to figure out her powers because in the end regulus is like oh canon that you guys all came from another world and you the fae like the midgard fae came from a world that we we want to get back to because the land was rich with magic like mm-hmm. we we drank the magic like wine mm-hmm. um and so that's the whole We've thing heard that before and fifteen thousand years ago the, with the northern and southern rifts and princess thea regulus is like you carry her light like you are like thea mm-hmm. like Thea and Prince Peleus and the Luna's Horn and like all these different things and so like all these things are coming together and then you know you know what else comes together? You know what else comes together, Carly? What else comes together? This ending, we have the fucking 
crossover of the century. This is my Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is my Avengers Infinity War Endgame. This is my Super Rice Bowl. ends up accidentally going through a portal in the Asteri, like, you know, like, palace. They're palace. escaping. We do mention that Rune and, and Hunt, they basically get captured so that's why we're worried for them we have no idea what's gonna happen for them next book but all we know is that they're the hunt is back in chains once again rune is fucked like hunt gets the tattoo all over again he's screaming in pain yes so bryce is wearing pink tennis shoes and leggings we're screaming and crying and throwing up but what do we get in the end hello bryce quinlan my name is recent And also, literally, the way that she thinks she's in hell. Because. And then, and then Azriel shows up, and he's like, who's this bitch? Yeah. And, and blindfolds her. Also, and then I think, I don't know what, ling- I guess they were speaking the language of, like. The, the old language of the Fae. Yeah. And well, that's how Bryce understood recent. But Amran. So, so Bryce is trying to ask them, the, like, I'm looking the language, for hell. The language that Akatar people were talking, she couldn't so understand. She couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. Whatever language that So was. whatever language that is. And so yeah. then Bryce is like, okay, I'm going to try the only other language I know. And she speaks in the old language of the Fae. And, and Amran freaks. Flips shit. Yeah. Flips shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, that language hasn't been spoken here in 15,000 years. Yeah, but Guess recent. what else happened 15,000 years ago? The northern and southern rifts opened and closed in Crescent City with Princess Thea. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting timing. So we have the crossover, and I would say this is what has made me so fucking excited about Crescent City 3. I think I would still be excited about with the crossover, and also um, we're posting this as SJM just fucking posted no spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read. She just posted a quote from Crescent City 3 about Nesta... Bryce, Bryce and Asriel, and Asriel f- all together. Running and fighting for their lives. Yes. Screaming. Screaming, crying, throwing up. I'm yeah. just so not ready for this. No, this ending had me crying and, like, screaming internally. I internally Guys, screamed during a lot of these books, but actually screaming out loud. I also, just to, like, end on a, end on a funny note, on a classic reading and ranting note, I was on the struggle bus with Carly trying to finish this fucking book because Carly was so deep in her Germani fanfic era <laughs> that we we've, we've cleared this we've cleared this many 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 a time yeah no Actually, you guys tell you- Carly Carly was down to like like chapter like 70 and this happens in like chapter 74 and yeah. I was like no like can, can you, you just like, I was like, like please like can you just and finish like, last I'm four trying, chapters I'm trying yeah I actually was gonna tell you um you relevant to Crescent City, but I've been doing my Throne of Glass reread in anticipation of Crescent City 3, and the way that I've had to hold off the Germani urges, like, you should be proud of me. I'm, I'm so proud. Actually, as we have a, like, episode fully called, like, Carly's Secret Addiction, Germani, like, I've been holding off my urges, and I'm, like, concerned for myself a little yeah. bit. I'm like, oh, that's not healthy. But, well, anyways, we this can't, ending. We can't go one episode without talking about Germani. Ger- yeah, we can't. But this but ending... Yet. Insane, and when we do coming up shortly, we will have our full like SJM universe crossover theories crazy episode before Crescent City 3 comes out. And me and I will finally be like diving into everything that is relevant for this crossover because, like, this is the crossover of the of, fucking century. Like, literally, like, I'm freaking out. I feel like I'm studying for a thesis. Like, yes. I have Me and notebooks. I, I have posters. <laughs> I have fucking, like, the whiteboard with string and all of the different theories. Like, there's just, mm-hmm. like, a million and one things happening. Obviously, if you're listening to this episode, the crossover is canon. It's literally confirmed. So, yes. With that, we will see you guys in just a few short days with Crescent City 3 in our hands. All right, this is about to be the fastest rant, guys, because we know we've already spent an hour talking about two books. Only two, but it's because they're so hefty. They're so good. They're so hefty. But we just want to say, and I know we topped off the beginning of the episode with this, but Crescent City is such an underrated series. Like, yes, we did say the world building wasn't that hard, and then we're, like, talking Mm, about it. It's kind of hard. (laughs) And we're like, actually, there is a lot going on. But it makes it interesting. It's, 
you know, like I think it makes it interesting. There's, you're on your toes. There's so many different things to know about the plot. It's not stagnant. It's almost like Game it's of, unique. It's, it's like, like Game of Thrones. So there's so much going on because yeah. there's so many different parts and there's so many different characters and they're all living their own lives until it crosses over into like the later books and like later seasons of the show. Um, but that's what makes Anyways, it so that's entertaining. What makes it, exciting. it makes yeah. it so exciting. Secondly. Yeah. Bryce is such a dynamic female main character. Like, she can easily save the world, be a powerful badass, be a really good friend and a really good person. But also, she's, like, fucking her boyfriend when she wants to. She's partying and doing, like, lines of lightsabers. And throwing ass. And yeah, she's throwing she's ass. She's doing her little baddie job. Doing ballet. <laughs> she's, like, mic drop, I'm a princess. I killed an archangel. Like, mm-hmm. Hungirl is fucking, like, powerful. She's a baddie. She's a beast. I love her. I want to be her. I want to be with her. Yeah. And then thirdly, with Bryce, it's, like, I don't know why people don't like Hun. I think they find him kind of, like, boring, yeah. I guess. He's so sexy. He's, like, the closest guys will get to, like, a man. An actual, like, an actual man. fantasy male main character that like, could be a man. Resan, Rowan, all the other people love them. Like, they are just not reality. I'm, like, a man that wears a backwards cap, gray sweatpants, and watches sports. You're just asking for a hot guy in, like, 2024. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, he's possible. Yeah, with and, wings, but... Yeah, the wings are not possible in the real world, but I mean, obviously, Hunt is also probably a better man than most guys in our DNA. And, yes, and I can say definitely. that confirming after scrolling through Hinge earlier and being, oh. and you know, yeah. being like, ah, uh, maybe Hunt is impossible, but he's the closest we'll get. Yeah. They're so relatable. I just, like, the hunt hate, I hate it. Like, he literally was, guys, like, he was part of, like, a rebellion to stop slavery. Like, I, he literally went down swinging for yeah. like I don't like don't understand like people being like oh he's such a boring female or a boring male main character he's such a boring love interest yeah. like no like if he if people love Elin from Throne of Glass he's a lot of parallels to her yeah. like, slavery he, fighting for his life yeah. like being held also down. like the way that he struggles emotionally and mentally with every single kill that he has to make like while mm-hmm. like because of this insane bargain with Micah for his freedom like it the toll it takes on him the shower scene like all of those different things like we love hunt no hunt yeah hunt, no hunt, hunt hate hunt is end game in crescent hunt city is end game yeah for all the okay so like listen like i'd like dabbled with like oh are they mates are they not like mm-hmm. they're mates they're mated it just yeah. came about differently than the other books sjm also confirmed sjm confirmed it but so. i do love you can talk to the i do love one. the other <laughs> i do love the other males in this book oh, like yeah. ethan, ethan and you know therian and rune but you know hunt and bryce are end game we'll call it there yeah um lastly Bryce is, as we described earlier, like, she has a different body than, like, most of these other characters. Like, she's described as, like, curvier and, like, still so, so fucking beautiful, but she doesn't have, it's, like, like, normal. She's not, like, Like, stick thin. And she works out. Like, she goes on runs and she does ballet and, like, she goes to the gym in her building. But, like... Which she, is why it's just, like, it's representation, like, just for what it is. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's not, like, a, SJM doesn't make it a thing that, like, she has this, like, different body type. That's just, like, how she's characterized. But so, like, seeing that reflected in the book is just, like, so important. And, like, sometimes it's, like, hard. Like, you see, like, character fan art. And, like, this is, like, not hate to, like, any, like, fan art artists. Like, I think yeah. that, like, every, like, work out there is, like, amazing. But, like, just, like, personally, like, I love being able to picture Bryce, like, in this way. And I just, like, hate the erasure. Like, I hate people talking about yeah. her. Like, or even, like, yeah. portraying her as, like, yeah. a Kardashian where it's like she's a super like small waist, like, but it's like the huge ass. Yeah. It's like no, like she is like if she's like curvier, like she's not like perfect like that. Yeah. Like that's plastic surgery. That's not real. Like she has like I'm sure like fat. Like we all have fat. We're all women. And she's Period. I think the thing is too is she's older. Like she's yeah. twenty five. Um, mm-hmm. so she has a woman's body, which is sexy, and it's yeah. not like. She's not 18 or 19 or even 20. Like, yeah. my body these days is 24 is a lot different than it was when I was 20 years old. Preach. Um, and I just, and I'm like, if, you know, like, I try to love my body. And, like, especially if you're thinking about, it, like, Hunt is obsessed with her. All these men are obsessed with her. Like, any 24-year-old plus man would be, like, would yeah, prefer like a woman's exactly. body over, like, a teenager's body. So. Yeah. So yeah. it makes it just like I, makes a lot of sense. I do prefer the fan art where it represents her as the and way just like being I'm able to like her. relate to her in that way. Yeah, yeah, like not being perfect. Yeah, and but still Definitely. being so fucking hot because yeah. she is. Yeah, and then like the last thing, like obviously, 
we're, I feel like we've like waffled on this this whole episode, but like it is a modern yeah. day fantasy. But, like, it's so unique. Just, like, the world and the complexities that SJM has built. Like, literally argue with the fucking wall. Like, what is the world building hard? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't mm-hmm. care. It's the it's amazing. But also, isn't that part of the reason why you love fantasy? Because of the yeah. world building to and being able to, and like, to immerse go somewhere yourself. else. Yeah. Period. So, it's, like, it shouldn't be easy. Yeah. You shouldn't. Because then it's, like, just real world. Um, no, I really like the modern day. I think it's so different. Like, the way that they're fighting demons and, like, things like that. But she also has a cell phone, like, and she's partying at the, the White Raven. Um, I really liked that. And I didn't know it was actually modern. I don't know if I, when I went into Crescent City, if I knew it was necessarily modern. I think you had described it as, like, a Zootopia to me. I think I had, like, maybe mentioned, but I don't know if yeah. I had. Yeah. But I, I really On the like OG reads. On I, the OG. I really like it. I like how it's like it's like a metropolis. Like it's in a legit yep. city. Um, and I think that's like really girl, good world building. You know, yep. it's not just like these like spread out lands. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we are Crescent City stands and we are so excited as well yeah. to dive into all our theories. But until yeah. the next book, me and I are racing to get our rereads done. Throwing a glass, Akatar, Crescent City, one and two. Yeah. Um, we're and there. We're suffering right alongside you. And yet it's the most amazing experience ever. Yeah. And you already heard Mia's taking PTO on the day that Crescent City 3 comes out. So we will be primed and ready for that deep dive episode once the book is finally released. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for sticking around for yet another Sarah J. Mass deep dive. We are so happy to have you here, besties, and we hope you took something away. And Crescent City Slander, absolutely not tolerated here. As we said, this is a Crescent City safe space, and we are so excited for the upcoming release of Crescent City 3, House of Flame and Shadow. We'll see you there, and we have a Massiverse crossover theories episode coming soon. Yes, but as you guys know, we are always looking for book recs. So if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on Reading and Ranting Pod on TikTok or shoot us an email at readingandrantingpod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties. (laughs) 